Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons from storied stallions to stirring storms. And today we're covering stone giants. Hey, Brian. Welcome, Will, to our our podcasting abode. Yes, so thank you, I guess. Great thank san- you for having me. A great, <laughs> a great sanctuary. Yes, it is. A it communal is. space it is. between podcasters. Indeed, indeed it is. And uh, we're here to honor this year of ours, our, this year of the giant. And uh, we're going to talk about one of the six true giants. One of the six true big guys. Yes, exactly. Uh, Most honest big guy. Ah. Uh, I don't know if they're the most honest. You said they were true, so they're all the most honest big oh, guys. Oh, I see, I see. They're I all see. honestly okay. the they biggest are, they guys. They're honestly the biggest guys. Yeah. It's the true. Big it's guys. Truth. Okay, so. Which big guy? Stone giants are. Big I, stone uh, guy. <laughs> as I said, one of D&D's six true giants. Uh, they are the second weakest of the true giants, only standing higher in the ordering than hill giants. Oh, wow. Uh, so they're pretty low. So they're just hill giants, but made of rock. Kind of. I mean, they're extremely different, and they're just slightly more powerful. Okay. Um, I they, remember them. This, this is the one I remember most from our Blanket Giant episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think they're pretty interesting. They do stick out a bit. So they're known to be extremely reclusive and quiet creatures that dwell deep within mountain caves surrounded by stone. Some say that they themselves are made from the very stones of the earth. Mm-hmm. Um, though this isn't true, stone giants are rather stone-like in both appearance and mannerism. Uh, they are stoic, reclusive, reflective, and inscrutable. And they take great pains to remain in their dark and stony caves and apart from the world of sunlight and sky. Uh, though there are times when stone giants undeservedly have the reputation of uh, being stone-throwing hooligans. <laughs> um, this is There's reasons for that, and we're going to get into it. Um, they are a true neutral people, but as with all giants, the alignment chart does not quite align with them or their beliefs of Mott and Mog. Okay. I, you've... The Kuatoa had like a, you use some verbiage like that. And I was like, oh, they're going to go graffiti the oh, underdark. Yeah. So now I'm just like. <laughs> you called oh. them degenerates and uh, acted like they were uh, delinquents. Yeah, where, a stone, where the stone giants like 
cave dwelling butts up against the underdark, the Kuatoa and them hang out and they fucking get up to all kinds of no good. <laughs> yeah, I like that idea. Um, gang, so, gang. Indeed. So uh, stone giants are lithe but muscular. Their hard, hairless flesh is smooth and gray, making it easy for them to blend in with their mountainous surroundings. Mm. Their gaunt features and black, sunken eyes endow stone giants with this constantly stern countenance. What a cool perception check to like yeah. <laughs> be walking along like the canyon wall and yeah. like roll a 20 and be like, like what the fuck is that? There. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Run! Uh, the typical stone giant is 18 feet tall and weighs 9,000 pounds because of its dense uh, flesh. Shit. 9, no, pounds. this is impressively heavy. Uh, in the Fire Giants episode, we established that the stocky Fire Giants were over two times as heavy as their taller cousins, the Frost Giants, at 7,000 pounds. Stone Giants are the same height as Fire Giants, but way leaner, like way leaner, and they're still 2,000 pounds heavier. Oh, wow. Like, that's dense. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> two bugbears can still pick up a Stone Giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, bugbears are big, dude, and they're strong. Bugbears are big and strong. I'm going to yeah. put your mic a little closer. Okay, sounds good. Sounds, yeah, yeah, just get it right, right yeah. in my face. Yeah, All we're right, doing cool. an adjust, cool, adjustment. Cool. Oh, God, okay. Technical difficulties. He's just so quiet. Okay. All well, right. I'm trying to be loud. No, no, it's not you. It's the placement. We got, we got this. All I'm right, cool, just cool, bump cool. you a little bit. All right. You just let me know when you want to hear more about stone giants. Uh, I want to hear more about stone giants Okay, now. let's do it. So stone giants follow a belief system called the ordering of artistry. Among stone giants, mastery of an art form ranks as the greatest virtue. They create intricate mur- murals, 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 murals. They create mur- murals. <laughs> they create intricate murals, paint sprawling designs across cavern walls, and indulge in a wide variety of other artistic disciplines. Like caveman style, like they're drawing like. No, no, they're they're fucking master artists. Like real good, real, real, like real, good. real good, better than the dwarves. Oh wow! Yeah, which is kind of the thing about giants that I've noticed is like they're really good at whatever one thing they do, and it's always they're better than the dwarves. They're better than the <laughs> dwarves at it okay <laughs> because the dwarves are kind of like the measuring stick of like being good at artistry and crafting so there's probably a community of dwarves that want to be giants so bad but they just do the Maybe. stuff that giants there's do. always enmity between who's the copying two. who who's a chicken who's egg the um, giants are older than the, the giants dwarves. are older than the dwarves so okay. they would they did it first the giants are like the first children of the material world or yeah, whatever the right? giants are the beatles and the dwarves are contemporary music i don't know Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's go me. with that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but above all other forms of art, they esteem stone carving as the greatest of skills. So artistic pursuit colors every aspect of stone giant life, with most spending their entire lives in an unending search of the perfect artistic creation. Young stone giants practice tirelessly, hoping to prove themselves worthy of assisting the tribe's best carvers. A stone giant master carver might devote years to finding the best stone before beginning a great work. Okay. So they take it seriously. It's they find like, a real nice rock. They find that real, real nice good, boulder. The perfect, the perfect boulder. This is a good boulder. I'm going to make a Mona Lisa out of Indeed. this boulder. I'm going to chop away all the bad bits. <laughs> right. what, so is this like some? This is like some weird like. It's not cannibalism because they're not eating it. What? They're oh. just breaking a bunch of rock. No, they just like carving it, and they like being around it, and they like. Well, they don't quite worship it, but I they am, borderline worship it. I am it. Yeah, it exactly. Is me. Yeah. <laughs> sure, exactly. we are one. And then they fucking carve like their, their mom's face, like to the to the fucking, you know. Yeah, they do it real good. Yeah, to to the detail. <laughs> to the detail. So the best carvers are honored as the leaders, shaman, and seers of the stone giant tribes, and their hands are seen as. Being like holy instruments, like literally becoming the hands of their deity, Scoria stone bones as they work. Oh, wow. So, like, they take the shit real <laughs> seriously, man. It is a holy endeavor the to them. Stone giant rock star is just like laying out by the stone pool, like yeah. with the stone babes, like, kiss my hands. <laughs> kiss with them. the stone babes. I love it. 
Yes, absolutely. That is a thing that actually there's probably no babes. It's just a bunch of fucking nice rocks that he's going to carve one day. Absolutely. They. So, of course, not all stone giants have these hands of God. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) those who show little skill in carving are considered pathetic and (laughs) viewed with a combination of pity and contempt. Oh, no. Yeah. To determine the ordering beneath the highest levels of artistry, stone giants compete in games of boulder hurling and catching. Their rock throwing skills suit stone giants. Uh, wait, wait, whatever right here. Oh yeah, their rock throwing skills suit stone giants well when they have cause to defend their homes and att- or attack their enemies. Okay. But even where boulder tossing is concerned, artistry is still fundamental to the effort itself. It's like Olympic shot put. There's exactly. Like, like, like real yeah. good figure and form to this. Exactly. A stone giant hurling a boulder isn't only performing a feat of strength, but also striving to display consummate athleticism and grace. Nice. That's really cool. Yes. Uh, so every giant seems to throw rock. It's like, oh, yeah, no, they all throw rock and they all throw rock real good. But this one Um, throws rock like Da Vinci. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. If if Da Vinci threw rock. If Da Vinci threw rock, he'd do it like (laughs) Like a fucking champion. He'd do it so good. So just to go over the ordering again, the order is real good at art, pretty good at art, real good at athleticism, pretty good at athleticism, and then we get to the bottom. So a mixture of... Art and athleticism puts you way up top. Yeah, yeah. So if you're like middling in both, you're probably a bit higher than you maybe should be. You're shot putting. You're rock, really gaming the system at that point. You're shot putting boulders into the canyon wall and fucking uh, a Greek statue just like falls to the ground. <laughs> well, no, that would just put you at the top. If you could do that, like you're at the top. That's what I'm saying. Okay. Is like you're the king. <laughs> yeah. You rule us. So there, um, there are still giants who lack artistry and even their athleticism, though. Aww. Those who can't infuse artistry into every aspect of their lives fall to the lowest rungs of the ordning and are often pushed literally to the perimeter of stone giant society to serve as guards on the tribe's most distant borders or as hunters that wander beyond those borders. As such, the stone giants that are first encountered by outsiders are almost always the least successful members of a stone giant society and the poorest examples of the ideals stone giants aspire to. That's uh, super sad. Yeah, it is. It's really sad. But it's your best Disney ride-along character waiting to happen. It's true. They I, are, I made a basket. I don't know why mom and dad don't like me. <laughs> they are the brutes and boars cast out by society by a society of artists and philosophers. Um this is where the undeserved reputation of stone giants being rock throwing hooligans comes from is because the ones that most people meet <laughs> kind of are dumb and not so good at the art or even stone throwing. <laughs> oh, dang. So they're just out there sucking. They're out and there so, sucking. Yeah. And that's what that's what the reputation and that's, what, that's exactly, being spread. That's what people know. They're like stone giants are like weird cavemen who throw rocks. Yeah. Oh, only you're uncultured. If you think that's what stone gianting is, you have to go under. Yeah, exactly. You have to listen to sub. You don't know. You don't know that real shit. You don't know so. that real shit. You're listening to the radio. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. Okay, so stone giant art is usually nuanced and unique. For instance, they design carvings to produce shadows in specific ways when a light source is placed in a proper location. Without both the light and the shadow, the carving is incomplete and can't be viewed in its true form. Wow, that's fucking cool. So like, they, they just take shit to kind of the next level. Here's my external element. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to wait until exactly 12.01 p.m. Well, they live underground, so they just move a torch. No, no, there's a hole in the sea skylight. You watch. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Super art. Although stone giants are a big fan of the sky so maybe not um, oh shit no skylight <laughs> yeah so for example a tail carving made with these special techniques tells one story when it's viewed in a flat dim light but reveals a second much deeper tale with the addition of a 
brighter, more proper illumination. That's fucking cool. So, yeah, that's really cool. Put these 3D glasses on. And yeah, exactly. It changes <laughs> the whole experience. That's Have you seen those? Uh, they're like uh, metal sculptures, but they're perspective-based. So you'll see one image at like it's 180-degree angle and then another image at its 270-degree no, angle. No, I haven't seen they're that. They're super but cool. But that's I'll very much some. like this. And yeah. yeah, I'd like to see that. That's pretty cool. So they also have a unique type of writing uh, art piece known as a speaking stone. So a speaking stone is an upright stone cylinder into which writing is carved in a descending spiral. Oh, cool. Okay. When the cylinder is turned in one one's hands, which wouldn't be possible for a human, but obviously big giant hands can do it. Um, but when it or when it's rotated with its base placed in a cradle designed to balance it upright, the writing can be read as the cylinder goes around. The message wraps around the pillar like the threads of a screw, but in two alternating spirals. The first is read top to bottom as the cylinder rotates. Then the cylinder must be flipped over to reveal the second line of script, also read from top to bottom. Speaking stones are sized to match the length of the message they carry, so there's no blank space on the stone. A cylinder that turns out to be too long or too thick so that the message ends before the entire surface of the stone is used is considered very poor artistry. Yeah. Tradition and honor demand that it be crushed into gravel and a new speaking stone be begun immediately. I mean, my my OCD anxiety would take would over and I would destroy like, it myself. But it, as soon as I knew I messed up that, yeah. I made my E too long. I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> But like that takes a, a great level of forethought of knowing every word you're going to put down and exactly what size you need to write it and all that. Like, Can that's you imagine crazy. them just yeah. like hanging out? Out with a blank cylinder for like a month just like turning it slowly yeah yeah like i could <laughs> and then i'm gonna write this word here <laughs> mm-hmm. that's probably the, not not too far away from the process they have to like think out mm. the what is it some hymn is what you said like uh, a poem any story like even just, just a document any anything that they need written down yeah. oh my god yeah that's crazy so just what are these guys getting up to writing down? Like what probably what I, probably ancient stories or history or maybe documentation of like a lineage or something like that. Cause that's a cool little party bait right there. Like, yeah, I mean, that'd be pretty cool. You can't read the cylinder. You have to pop it into like, what do they call those pianos that read the cylinders that turn with like the fucking, Oh, the, the self-playing piano, the self-playing piano. That's like yeah. that. It's that'd like, be cool. I like that you, idea. That's really cool. Pop it into like a Rocky talkie or whatever. A Rocky talkie. I love it. Yes. <laughs> That is a cool campaign idea. Um, most stone giants live their entire lives underground. Some live in the underdark, but most dwell in the more mundane underground caves near the surface, more like dwarves. Okay. Um, secluded caves are their homes. Cavern networks are their towns. Rocky tunnels are their roads. And underground streams are their waterways. Okay. The isolated mountain ranges that they live beneath are like islands to them, with the vast spans of land between seen as oceans that the stone giants only very rarely cross. Stone giants have dark vision. No big surprise there. And the caves Whatever. and grottos where they live are kept dark most of the time. I'm fucking numb to dark vision. I know. Right? It means nothing. At this Is that? Point. Did you? Sorry. Did you just say vision? <laughs> Why do we keep yeah, talking about how things see? It's it's more like things that don't have dark vision are just impaired. there's regular vision and bad vision, exactly. which is normal. Exactly. It's what people have. So they prefer darkness to use of illumination, except for purposes related to the creating or displaying of art, like we just talked about. Right. So, and the deepest chambers of a stone giant settlement are holy places where silence and darkness are complete. Stone takes on its most sacred quality in these cavern cathedrals. Their buttresses and columns carved with a beauty that shames even the legendary stonecraft of the dwarves. See, like I said, Damn, that sounds they so always got cool. they always got to like put that in there. We're better than them. Come into my art room. You have to stay. Shut the fuck up, though. <laughs> don't fucking talk. Exactly. And you can look. Do you have dark? You don't have dark vision. Oh, you should oh, just stay out here. You should just stay outside. <laughs> you won't be able to appreciate it. No light in here. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this seems to be a common theme with giant craft work. So good. It's better than the dwarves. 
<clears throat> in their dark so good you sway your mom made it <laughs> in their dark quiet caves stone giants measure time by the echoing drip of water in cavern pools uh, this works only in the vaguest of senses though there isn't an agreed upon dawn or dusk or noon since all water drips sound essentially identical yeah like, I mean, I, I suppose if you have, like, multiple locations, you could maybe come up with some sort of time thing, but I don't think they're getting that complex with that. They're, uh, yeah, you don't have, like, time. stone giants just sitting in specific locations, like, dedicated to the counting of the drip. No, definitely not. So <laughs> for for this reason, there is no real agreed-upon waking day schedule, and about three-quarters of a tribe's members are awake at any given time because everyone's just kind of on their own schedule. Deborah, you just went to the bathroom 12 drips ago. <laughs> Stop it. Um, most of a giant's waking hours are taken up with meeting its responsibilities, whether that is a low-ranking pursuit or an artistic one. A tribe's chieftain or another leader, such as a shaman, determines when the tribe's guards and hunters are on and off duty. Other giants align their sleeping and waking schedules with stone giants higher in the ordering from whom they seek to learn from. Masters of the arts can ask much lower-ranking students, including... Uh, Oh, they can ask much of low-ranking students, including waking up early relative to them, uh, to be sure the master has food upon rising or staying awake while the master sleeps to create something the master will need or will judge upon waking. Like any good intern, they're going to go get Chipotle burritos. Exactly. That's okay. exactly what they're going to do. Um, when a stone giant reaches the end of its tremendously long life, it joins the Lingenstein or Ancestors of Stone. The term refers both to the giant's forebearers and to the chamber inside uh, each stone giant settlement where the forebearers end up residing. Okay, cool. So, a dead or sometimes close to dying stone giant is carried into the ancestor's chamber and leaned upright against the end of one of the rows of dead already there. The body gradually calcifies over many decades until it becomes indistinguishable indistinguishable from an enormous stalagmite. Yeah, they just return back to the earth. So exactly. I did a, we did an episode of F-Bats where they, in Faerun, they were in a, a canyon of mm -hmm. stone giant, like, corpses, pretty That's much. That's awesome. And the whole walls were just lined with these bad boys. I was like, this is some cool, cool, crispy lore that yeah, I want to bring up really this episode. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, really it's cool. covered. You're nailing it. Okay, for sure. Uh, so family members will visit this tomb chamber often to pay respects to their ancestors and maybe we'll do the same as we take a short rest it's a fucking art gallery let's go rest in it <laughs> selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeon cast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeon cast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeon cast. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world. That ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing. We're talking about how much we love you. I love you. Indeed, we do. Thanks for supporting the show. If you're talking about the show or listening to the show or subscribing to our Patreon, we love you. We do. Uh, let's talk about some people that we owe some shout outs to. Let's shout them out. Uh, Genevieve Bodner Gerber. Thank you, Genevieve. Simon Finney. Thank you, Simon. Eric Salisbury. Thank you, Eric. Ulysses Reed. Thank you, Ulysses. Owl Blue. Thank you, Owl Blue. Cy Phoenix. Thank you, Cy Phoenix. Jahan Johansson. Thank you, Jahan Johansson. Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Eric James. Thank you, Eric, number S- two for today. Scott McCool. Thank you, Scott McCool. And Andrew Isguera. Oh, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, everybody. Really appreciate it. Hope you're enjoying that bonus content. Please go listen to the bonus content. If you are There's not so much of it, if you're not on our Patreon, um, I made Ranger Danger public because it so much of the so much of the SuperQuest saga lore and the Ranger Danger lore has become inherently tied together. With yeah, some, there's a lot of Easter eggs and inside jokes. So many Easter eggs. So if you want to go, if you're a SuperQuest Saga fan, you can go catch up on Ranger Danger. It's like a little two-hour comedy adventure, mm-hmm. and it'll give mm-hmm. you a taste of some of the bonus content that we have on there. So yeah, go check it out. It's for free. You do not have to. There's no obligation to sign up to our Patreon ever. Um, just you can go check out Ranger Danger. Go check it out, especially if you're a SuperQuest Saga fan that's caught up on the show. Yeah, it's, it's gonna a lot be of fun. Re- it's going to be a lot of a lot of good times. It's a it's a comedy game. It's yeah. a joke. It's all a big joke. <laughs> it's all a big joke. Uh, it's a party full of rangers. It is the most unserious game I think I've ever been part of. It's almost unsanitary. Yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's get back to the show. Back to the show. We've returned. Indeed we have. <laughs> Stone giants. More like, let's ring of the grammarian, that bad boy. Change that E to an R. More like stoner giant. Oh Am I God, right? No, no. Am I right? No. Just go so, outside as they're high. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, in a way. In a way, it kind of is. So the fact that stone giants spend 99% of their lives underground um, and that they basically worship the stone has made their view on existence a bit unique. Yeah, man, they're worshiping rocks. <laughs> yeah, only when they're surrounded they are by rocks, they're worshiping themselves. It's they, like but they inter- aren't made of rock. No, God they're kind it. of made of rock. No, they're not. They they're t- super not. They turn into rock later when they when die. you cut. Yes, they do. They calcify. <laughs> but so does anything when they fo- fossilize. They just fossilize regardless. They just fossilize outside <clears throat> in like the exposed exposed weather. Right. Okay. So only when they're surrounded by stone do stone giants consider themselves to be in reality. Okay. A world of all-encompassing stone is a realm of permanence and solidity, one where a lifetime of laborious carving can last for countless eons. The surface world, with its shifting light, endless sky, changing climate, and eroding wind, represents a dream state to them, an unreality where nothing lasts and therefore nothing has any significance whatsoever. That's so fucking cool. Yeah. (laughs) Stone giants view the world outside their underground homes as this realm of dreams where nothing is entirely true or real. They behave in the surface world the way humanoids might behave in their own dreams, making little account for their actions and never fully trusting what they see or hear. A promise made 
A promise made above ground need not be kept. Because it, <laughs> it wasn't real. Exactly. Insults can be made without apology. Killing prey or sentient beings is no cause for guilt in the dreaming world beneath the sky. Shit, man. So they don't are, know what you're getting they into. They are a chaotic uh, entity if they ever come out into the surface. <laughs> the, the surface, the, the blue sky causes them to change their alignment. Basically. <laughs> so on the rare occasion stone giants travel outside their settlements and out into the surface world, they travel almost exclusively by darkness of night. The better to avoid the glaring dreams and visions that would assail them during daylight. Because it's more like underground? Yeah. It's, okay. You know, yeah. And everything looks more uniform and unchanging. Yeah, yeah. And everything's okay. quiet and not chaotic. Sure. Um, a stone giant that visits the surface for too long or is forced out from the underground risks becoming lost in the realm of dreams, living ever after as a twisted version of its former self that the giants call a dreamwalker. Oh, shit. So we're going to talk a little bit more about dreamwalkers in a minute, but... Um, yeah, let's just keep talking about their dream quests. Okay. So now sometimes stone giants go on dream quests in the surface world seeking inspiration for their art uh, to break maybe like a decades long of like on way of not like not being able to find inspiration. So it's like, let's go dream like crazy and see if we can come back with some inspiration. <laughs> let's go, let's yeah. go have some outside peyote. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Or, or maybe just simply out of curiosity, they can decide to go out to the surface world. Yeah, totally. So, some who go on these quests, let themselves become lost in the dream. Other stone giants are banished to the surface as punishment. Okay. Regardless of the reason though, if they don't take shelter under stones, such individuals can become mad wanderers. Dreamwalkers are driven mad by isolation, shame, and their unendingly alien surroundings. And this madness is so profound that it leeches out into the world around them, affecting other creatures that they get too close to. What? Yes. Like a psychic yes, like bubble? A, like, yes, exactly. Like fucking a psychic fog? Believing that they're living in a dream and that their actions have no real consequences, dreamwalkers act as they please, becoming forces of chaos. Oh, jeez. As they travel the world, they collect objects and creatures that seem especially significant to their mad minds. Over time, the collected things will um, accrete to their bodies and they become encased in this, in their stone-like skin. <laughs> Dream just picking up like trinkets they find on the road yeah, and, and like they've got like a fucking sword hilt like uh -huh. fuse their shoulder yeah, or whatever. That's fucking exactly. awesome. Dreamwalkers occupy an odd place of respect and disdain outside of the stone giant ordning. Um, they are considered outcasts, but their familiarity with the surface world makes them valuable guides, and their insights can help other stone giants grasp the dangers of living in a dream. <laughs> Don't be like me. Yeah. <laughs> big, they, call me, they call me now Big Trash. I pick up trash <laughs> I find trash. in my wanderings and fuse yeah. it to my bodies. Um, Don't be like Big Trash. <laughs> <laughs> the image in Volo's guide is really interesting of the stone giant, like with like he's got like a gear sticking out of him yep. and all this other crap. Yep. Yeah, the, my guy's just a big trash guy. Yeah. So stone giants worship Scorius Stonebones as the great creator. He's the second in skill to Anam the Allfather. Nice. Um, he appears in stone giant art in two ways: as a pair of hands, one holding a chisel and the other a hammer, and as the largest and as the largest statue or relief carving of a stone giant in a tribe's cave. So I'm sorry, this is just a... Depictions of Scoria Stomo. Okay, so... Him. He's either two really dope hands crafting shit or just the biggest stone giant. Oh, okay. So like, like he's some hands because like that's all anybody cares about. Is I it? suppose so. When they're that's watching him work, for. they're only watching he, his hands. Yeah, Nothing else exists. Yeah, exactly. Okay, cool. Um, that's fucking dope. So this is their god? Yeah, this is their god. He's stone god. Okay. He's um, one of the sons of Anam. Remember, my Anam everything had dad. Six. Yeah, everything dad. Yeah, he had six kids, and yeah. Scorius is one of them. Nice. Typically, Scorius is 
depicted twice as tall as any other stone giant. In the legends of the giant, Scorius often sits on the sidelines during the schemes and battles of his siblings. He acts as an observer, a confidant to the other gods, and a keeper of secrets um, that he must be forced or tricked into divulging. Okay. In a classic tale, Memnor, the clever deity of the cloud giants, came to Scorius and whispered something in his ear. When Surtur, patron of the fire giants, demanded to know what Memnor had said, Scorius told his brother exactly what he had heard. Surtur brooded on that message, which was misleading when taken out of context, and eventually reacted rashly, but the consequences of his acts were seen as no fault of Scorius. If Surtur had instead asked Scorius for advice about Memnor's words, the legend would have ended differently. Scorius is considered to be the most knowledgeable of the giant gods about magic, wards, banes, hidden treasures, and the secrets of the earth. Scorius gave the secret of smelting to Surtur. You remember how the fire giants are all about, like, working metal. Yeah. Um, Scorius showed uh, Thrym, he's the frost giant dude, he showed Thrym how to carve runes into onto his old weapons to imbue them with magic when Surtur refused to forge new ones for him. Okay. Scorius crafted spears for Hiatia. Uh, so she could complete her ten tasks of valor. Scorus tapped his hammer on the stone under the sea so that Stronimus, that's the storm giant god, uh, could find the chain tunnels that allowed him to pull the Tarrasque down to the bed of the ocean where it, it at last would drown. Or at least these are the legends told by the stone giants. Okay, geez, that was, that was a lot. Yeah, that was, that was a lot. A lot. That was, was like lot. one little thing for each of the, the um, others, right? All his siblings, yeah. Okay, he cool. each of his siblings, yeah. Okay, sure. I like the last one with the Tarrasque. Yeah, that's cool. But also, it's like, these are just legends. We don't know if those things are actually true. Yeah, definitely not, because the Tarrasque, it will, it will rise again. It will rise again. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So as a general rule, outsiders, particularly particularly non-giants of any sort, are unwelcome in stone giant territories. And trespassers are not treated politely. A creature's Ooh. first sign that is intruded into stone giant territory will likely be a boulder thrown seemingly from nowhere and exploding into shards against a nearby rock. Yeah, shot across the bow. Right. Let's go. Those who know anything about stone giants understand that this was not a missed attempt to crush them. It was a measured warning, and the next stone won't land so harmlessly. Yeah, you're like, if... <laughs> They, they're not, like, going to yell at you. This is them yelling at yeah, you. Yeah, this is them yelling. This, this is, is, a, them this saying, is Stone hey. Giant equivalent, like, get out! <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, it is, however, possible for travelers to negotiate with Stone Giants for safe passage through their territory. If someone in the group speaks giant and the giants are offered a tribute, beautiful and large furs, exotic food, or art objects are suitable tributes for Stone Giant tastes. Money, though, is not particularly valuable to them. Okay. If offered such enticements, one or two giants might come forward to negotiate while the others remain at rock throwing range. Yeah, what are their their need their resource needs are like what exactly? Like they have hunters, so they're eating meat? Um they yeah, they eat meat. Um the hunters usually hunt in like under dark in the caverns. caverns. Yeah, yeah. Under dark caverns or whatever. Um they don't really have a lot of meat needs. They're usually set up near water. Yeah. They have all the stone that they need and want, which is what their lives revolve around. And right. they have hunters who hunt for them for food. Yeah, okay. So like um, yeah, money, not a big deal. No, so, not at all. So they're not they're not harboring like more powerful like non stone weaponry or anything like that? Um mm-hmm. I would imagine weapons are probably something they might be interested in to a certain degree. So, like, if but that, they're really into throwing rocks, and they got a lot of those. Yeah, they do. They do, and they can punch real good. They can punch probably real good. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, well I'm just trying here, to figure out beautiful like, and large furs or something. Because I imagine they're not oh. like making their own clothes a lot of the time. Oh yeah, they need shag like entrance carpets and stuff. Yeah, that like, too. They need some good ass, um, good ass fucking furnishings inside. Also, the ex- stone. Ex- exotic you need contrast. Food. Yeah, you need contrast. <laughs> 
to to show how beautiful the stone is uh-huh. in contrast. Um, but it also says exotic food, and they appreciate other beings' art, even though if they consider them like inferior. Okay, so like that's they're using money on maybe weapons if they're low and art. Right. Okay. <clears throat> Stone giants rarely keep pets. They sometimes cultivate colonies of giant bats at the edges of their territory, though, both as a food source and as a warning system against intruders. Okay. They also don't mind sharing caverns or warrants with cave bears, fire beetles, and other beasts that mean them no harm and can't really do them any harm because they're so fucking big. Okay, cool. Um, they keep their other subterranean neighbors at arm's length, though. Purple worms are their greatest bane because a hungry worm chews through everything it encounters, including the giant's finest carvings and sculptures. Also, a purple worm is big enough to eat a fucking stone giant hole. It's like um, the onyx of the D&D world. Yeah, I would say but way worse. <laughs> yeah, but actually um, fucking lethal. Yeah. Uh, Zorns are among the few creatures that are appreciated by stone giants. Their passage through the earth uh, causes no upheaval of the earth. They like phase through stone. Okay. And uh, their alien modes of thought make them interesting to talk to. So we haven't really talked about Zorns. Um, Have, haven't we? Didn't I we mention it, them? We, they might have been mentioned in the Elemental Planes episode. Okay. When we talked about the Elemental Dude, there's like earth. a little bell going off somewhere about yeah, Zorns. They're but... like weird creatures. They kind of look like, their bodies are kind of shaped like an X. And they got like a face like in their chest. And they got like, I think their mouth is is up here, like <laughs> where their head would be. Okay, sure. And uh, But they're intelligent beings. Uh, they're just really alien minded. Yeah. And, and they're uh, phasing through rock. I, guess. I don't know too much about them, but they will get their own episode. Okay. But stone giants like them, though. Did somebody ask for Zorn episodes recently? Uh, maybe. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. We get a lot of requests. Yeah, we so. do. So fun fact about stone giants. They have the one of the longest lifespans amongst all giant kind, despite being so low in the ordning. And they can live up to be 800 years old. Wow. Yeah. Any questions about stone giants before we get into the stat blocks? Uh, stone giants, more like stoner giants. Oh, you said, I, yeah, oh no, yeah. Sorry, no. I did that one. Yeah. Uh, let's do the stat blocks. All right. So let's look at the the vanilla stone giant stat block out of the monster manual. And uh, again, a lot of these these um, what I guess base giant stat blocks are really similar. They just kind of up all the stats. I just want to know. I just want to know what the size of this creature is. Okay, well, it's a huge giant, <laughs> <laughs> and it's considered to be true neutral. Oh boy, that's a huge giant. Yeah, indeed. Uh, <laughs> armor class is seventeen. That's natural armor. Okay. One hundred twenty-six HP. Strength of twenty-three. Dex of fifteen. Constitution twenty. Intelligence ten. Wisdom twelve. Charisma nine. They're well-rounded. These are well-rounded boys. We're kind of jumping around the ordning here, aren't we? Yeah, I'm not doing it in a particular order. I'm okay, doing yeah, because I'm like what I feel like. I'm like trying to remember. Because we did the dragons pretty much in like cascading downward order, I think. No. We did green dragons and white dragons towards the end. Yeah, but we did gold dragons last and they're the most powerful of all dragons. Mm, and we did I, red dragons first. the only thing about chromatics right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess. Uh, I think we scaled down when we did those. Did we did we red, down? blue. I don't no, even remember. We did, we did black. Out of order green two. is the third and we did green like fourth. Man, I'm trying to. I didn't do that in a particular order either. I remember. I was just like, oh, I feel like doing greens this week. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm so much more familiar with the power scaling of the dragons, dragons than I am with the giants. So stone giants are the second weakest. Right. Uh, just above hill giants. And then it's frost, fire, cloud, storm. Yeah. I just mean like uh, from recalling the specific data of each stat block. I'm right. like, I can't just reference the last episode. Anyway, tell me about the strength <laughs> okay. of this guy. Um, tell me about his power Let me sets. see here. Dark vision. We already talked about that. You mean vision. Um, yes. I mean vision. Um, really high athletic skill, plus 12. That I, makes total I, I sense because like that's, that's how you throw rocks. It's true. Um, they have a feature called Stone Camouflage. The giant has advantage on dexterity stealth checks made to hide in rocky terrain. Um, other than that, they just have a great club attack and a rock attack. Okay. Their great club is plus nine to hit, uh, 15 reach. Wow, they'd be lanky. 
Um, <laughs> they, stone giants. They be lanky. <laughs> um, one target. Uh, 3d6 plus 8 bludgeoning, or 3d8 plus 6 bludgeoning damage is pretty hefty. Cool. What, challenge rating 7. I don't think I covered that. So they're, they're up there. That's pretty yeah. solid. Yeah. Um, their rock attack is plus 9 to hit, 60 to 240 feet range. 40, 10 plus 6. That is, that is way more brutal than their great clubs. They're better at throwing rocks than they are at hitting you with a club. Uh, if the target is a creature, it must succeed in DC 17 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. And lastly, wow. they have a reaction, rock catching. If a rock or similar object is hurled at the giant, a giant can with a successful DC 10 dexterity saving throw, which is not hard for them. They have a plus two to dex. They can catch the missile and take no bludgeoning damage from it. Cool. So any blunt, any blunt object thrown at them, they have a really good chance of just catching and not taking Snag it. Just that's, monk, monk style. That, see, this is a much more fun little feature than either the fire or frost giant. Yeah, it, it gives them some unique stuff flavor. going on. Yeah, exactly. And I like that. And it, it didn't have to be much. They just got a stone camouflage. Their rock is better than their great club, and they can catch rocks. Stone camouflage, so cool. Because you know it's like a trip when you're, you've are you been looking at something for a while, mm-hmm. and then you see like part of it move, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, wait, change your perspective, and there's right. a fucking form there. <laughs> I'm Thing about prey mantis being. right now are those little bugs that look like leaves or oh, the ones that look like sticks too yeah. are the ones that look like sticks i believe they're called stick bugs and leaf bugs stick bugs and leaf bugs bro <laughs> get, at, get at me in the comments on that one uh, yeah, and then just I'm straight sure up like chameleons you know yeah chameleons moving on trees is a fucking trip it is it is yeah so stone giant mm-hmm. in the that in the canyon and then he serpentines he just runs away throwing rocks at you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 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 get out of there indeed so next we're going to talk about the stone giant Dreamwalker, which is a much larger and more wordy stat. And so we're going to find out some things. Okay. So this is a challenge rating 10. So they inherently become three challenge ratings uh, stronger. Crazy they, makes you they strong. they go insane. Yeah. Um, they have armor class of 18. That's considered natural armor, 161 HP. Uh, these stats are mostly the same when it comes to their ability score. Strength of 23. Dex went down a little. Now it's 14. Constitution, I think, might have gone up at 21. Let me see here. Um, yeah, it went up a little bit. Their intelligence stayed the same. Their wisdom drastically dropped from 12 to 8. And Ooh. their charisma skyrocketed from 9 to 12. So they became, in their insanity, their personalities became stronger. But they're also, they've lost wisdom because they're insane. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, think wow. about all the crazy cult yeah. leaders. Like, there we go. Much mm. charisma, much craziness. Many crazy. Um, they're immune Intimidating. To be- mm-hmm. They're right. immune to being charmed and frightened. Um, they still have their dark vision. Um, they're still athletic. They got that. They're more athletic. They got a plus 14 to athletics now. Um, okay. And they seem to have lost the stone camouflage, but they've gained another feature. Dreamwalker's charm. Okay. An enemy that starts its turn within 30 feet of the giant must make a DC 13 charisma saving throw. Provided that the giant is not incapacitated on a failed save, the creature is charmed by the giant. A creature charmed in this way can repeat the saving throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself if it's successful. Once it succeeds on a saving throw, the creature is amazing. So its madness is so infectious that it can charm you just by being near you. Yeah, it's like some being exposed to some great old one shit, kind of. Mm, you like, yeah, sure. It, seeing it makes you mad. Yeah, like, exactly. Talking to this guy makes you talk like this guy. Right. And he's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> big so, big trash. Don't become big trash. Don't talk to big trash. You will become big trash. <laughs> That's the last thing you want. Um, <laughs> so he's got a multi-attack by he. I mean, it has a multi-attack. Um, great club, petrifying touch, and again, rock. So the great club is exactly the same with an increased hit rate of plus nine to plus 10, but okay. the damage is the same 3d8 plus six. That's um, weird. Why bother? 
Why bother what? With that little plus one. I guess it's just like... Because uh, it's technically a little bit stronger. Okay. Because um, it's challenge rating 10 instead of 7. And then let me skip down to rock. Let me see here. It's a plus 10 to hit. 40, 10. It's exact same damage. But this time, the strength save to not be knocked prone is a 17 DC, which is much higher. Okay. And then the new ability called Petrifying Touch. The giant touches one medium or smaller creature within 10 feet of it that is charmed by it. The target must make a DC 17 constitution saving throw. On a failed save, the target becomes petrified, and the giant can adhere the target to its stony body. Holy crap. (laughs) Greater restoration spells and other magic that can undo petrification have no effect on a petrified creature on the giant unless the giant is dead, in which case the magic works normally, freeing the petrified creature as well as ending the petrified condition on it. Wow. Damn, it puts you inside it, and there's nothing you can do about it. I thought that stone shape is like a self spell, I guess. Uh Uh, So that probably not going to do. Uh, yeah, no. Like, I would think you could stone shape out of that or whatever. Well, if you're petrified, you can't make any actions because you're petrified, right? Well, maybe your homie could. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, but it says you can't. It says you can't, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it super says you can't. You could do this, but you can't because it says you can't. Indeed. And indeed, that's how the rules work. Um, but that, I mean, you're basically forced to kill, like, your favorite new Alice in Wonderland character, Big Trash. Yeah, unless he doesn't, <laughs> unless he's not attacking you, in which case you're probably fine. He's, he's, chari- he's insight checking you and he's finding out you're lying about stuff. And he's like, that's some trash, bro. You belong. Attached to me. Get <laughs> yeah, on my body. I like that. That's funny. <laughs> and then um, you're forced to kill him to save the bro. Indeed, indeed, you that's, are. That's kind of sad. That's kind of a little sad. sad that story would be a line. sad campaign. Like you, you stumble upon this uh, this dreamwalker giant, mm-hmm. and then you didn't want to talk to him, but now he's talking to you, and then right. all of a sudden your guy's on this dude's leg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Any questions about stone giants before we get ready for a long rest? Oh man, it would be nice to rest for eight hours. It, that it would. Let's go there. Okay, let's do let's do it. Uh, it's time for me to take off my slippers and slide into my duvet. But, be- duvet. but before that, <laughs> yeah. let's... Uh, and you camp in style, bro. I'm not... Like, camp- this is D&D. We're out on an adventure. I can long... Do you not see the thumbnail? I'm a bard, bro. I cast that fucking mansion or whatever. <laughs> okay, I'm, okay, I'm fucking... Enough. I'm out in the wild fair doing enough, it right. Mansion. Okay. What's that mansion called? I don't know. I've the no fucking idea. Scanlan that does it all the time. I know. Yeah. I don't watch the show, but I know. How yeah, do I know like, these things? Or play, D- or play high-level magic characters. Uh, we almost never get to high-level uh, anything in our Movard's Magic Mansion. or I bet it's some shit like that. I bet, I bet it sounds like right. that. So what are we talking about in today's long rest? Um, besides my, my, my wonderful gallant mansion, yeah, mansions besides, gallant, that, besides that, I think I meant to say like something about it being ritzy with the G. I don't even know. Can we go to the, can we talk about the fucking contest? Well, yes, we have a winner for our contest. <laughs> we were giving away the book Explorer's Guide to Wild Mount. And, uh, did you vote the winner? Yes. It's, right, uh, that's our winner. Brian. At Andrew underscore Fensky three. Thank you, Andrew underscore Fensky three. Um, that's on sending your book. And yeah. you already know because we already announced it on Twitter and you already responded to me. I got your address and now the book's on the way. Yeah. So way to go, man. So. Uh, thanks for spreading the word about uh, the Dungeon Cast. We really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you to everybody who who participated in the contest. We really, really appreciate yes, you spreading the word about the show. Yes, thank you all of you. Yeah, um, it really we, helps. We, put, we got all your Instagram entries. We got all your Twitter mm-hmm. entries. And we did receive all those wonderful emails of screenshots from you guys sharing on other platforms. We really appreciate all of those. We took them all into consideration, mm-hmm, rolled mm-hmm. a random number chart. And there you go, Andrew. Uh, you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, uh, go watch Super Quest Saga. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we're on hiatus. We were on hiatus before the world went a little weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was only supposed to be a couple weeks, but now we're on it's hiatus. Go, it's going to be indefinitely, man, until yeah. until things calm down. I'm yeah. sure a lot of you have heard, like, this situation is fluid and continues to be so. We recorded our last few episodes ahead of time. So if you're listening to this, like, in a few weeks from now and it will actually air, yeah. you know, we, we, we... Just full disclosure, we're recording this on March 21st. This episode's probably not going to air till like, the second week of April. Yeah, so the last two you guys heard, last three you guys heard, stuff a lot of stuff happened after our last recordings and um, a lot of people are at home um, we just want to tell you guys that we're, you're you're all in our thoughts and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we just, want you guys to stay safe yeah, stay safe out there wash your hands, wash your hands. listen to what people are telling you about self-isolate about, and and educate yourself play go, a lot of video games go out there and rec- you know do a little bit of reading and find some good sources for what is really going on and what you need to watch out for don't spread misinformation about mm-hmm. this it's the best thing you can do is help keep people educated wash your hands and stay away from big groups yeah, indeed. Yeah, um, but we just want to let you guys know we're going to be putting out the show, uh, the Dungeon Cast, uh, normally yeah, as, as often as we going. can. Yeah, yeah, we're we're good. Our situation with our recording, you know, just me and Will. As long as we're getting up here and like keeping clean and everything, mm-hmm. we don't we shouldn't have any issues. But we'll we'll let you know if something happens. Um, uh, we've got episodes in the bank, so if something is to happen, hopefully we can you know keep the show coming out as regularly scheduled. So yeah. we really appreciate you guys all staying on board, and we hope we hope you and your families are safe and, and doing okay. And I think that's a good place to end it. So I think we should call it a game. Peace out, guys. Talk to you guys later. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.